Hello and welcome back to Don't Depend on Daddy, the podcast. My name is Michaela and I am your host and today we are getting the juices flowing and really starting to think ahead towards financial goals, financial resolutions, and intentions for 2023. I know that it's a holiday week and the holidays are here, coming to an end actually by the time this is going to be going up, but hopefully sometimes between Christmas and New Year's, you'll be able to take a little bit of extra time to think through your financial approach for 2023. This is like my favorite time of year for this kind of thing. I have a ton of 2023 planning content that is going to be up on my Instagram and my TikTok pages, so make sure you go and check those out if you are also in financial planning mode around this time or you're planning to be in financial planning mode within the next couple of weeks. I also want to take a moment here to remind you about the four-week financial planning course, which is one of my newer um, courses that's available. It guides you through the process of creating a plan for your money. It's four weeks long and it is new lessons that drop every week over that period of time. So like once you enroll, the four weeks starts and you'll get a new set of lessons on that same day for the next four weeks. The four phases are auditing your finances, building out a comprehensive plan, setting goals and then factoring them into your plan, and then creating solid financial routines that will help you implement that plan long term and actually stick to it. So definitely check that out if improving your finances is on your agenda in the new year. And I'm going to guess if you are listening to this podcast, it is. As usual, if you enjoy listening to Don't Depend on Daddy, make sure you go leave me a review. You can do it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And here is also your reminder that you can always get $10 off the personal finance dashboard, my signature planning tool using the code podcast one. If you go back a couple of episodes and listen to the episode where I talk about why you need a financial plan in 2023, I go through all of the details of the PFD as well as all of the details of the four-week financial planning course. You can get more there. I also do have like a full in-depth tour of the PFD on my YouTube channel, so you should definitely check that out if you are on the fence or not sure if the PFD is the right tool for you. Now that all of the housekeeping, as usual, is done, I want to dive into the bulk of this episode, which is setting financial goals and financial resolutions for the new year. And I'm going to structure this into two sections. The first is going over how to set goals the right way. And then I'm going to share some of my financial goals. And then the second part will be financial resolutions. So what they are, what mine are going to be, and hopefully they'll help inspire you to set a couple of your own. So With that, let's just get right into it this week. So this is going to serve as sort of a refresh, this first section. So we're in financial goals section. This is going to serve as a refresh to a podcast episode that I made probably like two years ago at this point, and it's SMART Financial Goal Setting. So the SMART method is an acronym for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Timely or Time-Bound Financial Goals. It's used for a lot of different aspects in your life, like maybe you've seen it in corporate or you saw it in school or something, but I think it's especially effective to follow when you're setting financial goals and then building them into a broader like financial plan or into a budget in general. Specific goals are just what they sound like. They're hyper-specific and super, super clear. So for example, and we're gonna kind of use the same example throughout um, explaining this type of goal, 
instead of saying something like, I want to buy a house, you would set the goal and be really clear about it and say like, I want to buy a three bedroom, three bathroom house in Tampa, Florida with my partner. Okay. That goal is hyper specific. And that goal is real. When you say, I just want to buy a house, the lack of specificity in that phrase makes it very arbitrary. And instead of like making that goal real, you're just saying someday I want to buy a house. Cool. That's great. Anybody can have that as a goal. But what what happens when you make it hyper-specific is you put it in the context of your own life. You turn it into something that's actual attainable, that's actually attainable and real. And then you can use that to start breaking it down and actually making it happen. The next step is the M, and that's to make the goal measurable, meaning that you are putting a number on it. So like a dollar amount is being associated with the goal. This means that whatever amount you're hoping to save, invest, or pay off is the number that you're going to start working towards in some fashion, which we'll get into how you're going to do that. So if we're using this house example, and I'm just throwing numbers out here. So like, remember, this is an example. It's not real. I'm just making it up. Let's imagine that this house that you want to buy in Tampa, Florida is in the $500,000 range. And if you wanted to put 20% down to buy the house, you'd need to save up $100,000. When you attach the number to it, you can start to conceptualize, okay, is this going to be like a goal that I can actually reach? It can also help you figure out how you're going to reach the goal. You know, you can get creative, whatever. It all depends on your life. And this number part of it too, the measurable aspect sort of leads us into the next layer, which is making the goal achievable. So this means that you're ensuring the goal is something you can actually accomplish instead of just setting yourself up to fail. So let's say using this example, your income with your partner combined is $150,000 annually. Let's imagine you both make 75 K and you're setting a goal to save 100K to put down on a house. So you wanna save more than what you're actually making in your salary. But combined, you know, maybe it's possible. That 100K now might feel completely unreachable to you, at least in the near term. And this is an indicator that it might need some adjustment in order to become attainable for your life, your circumstance at this point in time. Okay. Maybe that hundred K, if you want to set the goal to save it, which we'll get, we'll get to the timeliness part of it, but let's say it's a 10 year time horizon. Okay. A little more reasonable, but usually when you're starting to think about buying a house, it's something you're trying to do within the next couple of years, generally, not always, but generally. So maybe, you know, you've determined this 100K isn't really achievable for your life at this point in time, in addition to all of the other goals that you're working towards. So like, keep that in mind. So maybe instead of aiming to put 20% down, you aim to put 10% down. Or it could mean that maybe instead of looking to buy a $500,000 house, you're looking to buy a $300,000 house. So what you can do to make the goal achievable is obviously dependent on the goal, but it could be adjusting your expectations. It could be reducing the amount you're looking to save. It could be completely changing the goal altogether or looking for alternate or creative ways to make that goal happen without it being like a huge stretch. So that's the achievable part. The next layer here is making the goal relevant. So this means that the goal makes sense for your life. So if we're going back and using this house example, let's say that you just got married and you want to start having kids, then sure, buying the house is super relevant. 
But now let's imagine instead of the goal of buying a house, you have a goal to buy a boat and you still just got married and you still want to have kids and you live in an apartment, but you want to buy a boat. Sure, maybe buying a boat is a great goal to have, but at this phase of life, is buying a boat super relevant? Probably not. So you want to think about like the goals that you're setting and do they make sense for what you're doing? Or is it something that, you know, you could push off or work on at a different period of time? So the last layer here is making the goal timely, meaning that you're giving yourself a deadline to actually accomplish and achieve the goal. By when, so at what point do you hope to reach the goal? So for the house goal, let's say you want to reach it in like three years, okay? That means if you wanted to save 100K in three years, if we go back to the original goal, you need to save somewhere between 30 to 35K ish every single year, and then you can break that down further into months. Now, the house example is really good because it helps us contextualize all of the aspects of the SMART goals. They all need to work together in order for the goal to make sense. So, like maybe saving 30 to 35K a year isn't achievable for you. What can you do? You can adjust the goal itself meaning you can like buy a smaller house, you can decide to put 10% down, you know, we talked about those different options, or you can extend the timeline and save less each year over a longer period of time. Or you can look for ways to make more money. Like there are so many different ways to make the goal make sense, but going through this process is so important because it gives the goal meaning it provides direction and clarity, and it forces you to really think about how realistic the goals you're setting are, and if they make sense for your life now, but also in the future. And this is something that a lot of people miss when it comes to setting financial goals, is they're like, I wanna buy a house someday, like I wanna get married one day and have this big wedding, like I wanna go on vacations every year. That's great. All of us wanna do those things. Most of us wanna do those things. I won't blanket statement it. But like, in order to actually do those things, you need to have your finances in the correct position unless you're planning to get money from someone else that's not you or your partner or whoever. Um, and the only way to do that is to really get clear on what you're looking to do. So that's why I really like smart goal setting when it comes to financial goals is everything sort of needs to fit together like a puzzle. And if one aspect of the goal isn't working, it impacts and is informed by some of the other aspects of the goal and then you can adjust and shape shift things as you need. Another thing to keep in mind with this is that like we can really only plan so much and getting clear on the things that we want will ultimately help you align the actions that you take today. So like setting goals for 2023 with the life that you want to live down the line. So like where do you want to be in the next five to 10 years. I know it's hard to imagine that, but like sometimes you can have a general idea. This is super, super important, especially because like I mentioned earlier, a lot of us have goals that are long-term goals to buy a house or do something similar, but we get to that age where maybe we're ready to buy a house and you know, we don't have any money. Our credit score sucks. We got a ton of student loans and you haven't planted the seeds or done the work to actually make it happen. And then you realize you're at this point where it's like, damn, I really want to buy a house. I have no money and my credit score is shit. You know, you can't really do anything about that. Again, unless you're receiving some sort of gift, which a lot of people don't get. So I want to make sure that this doesn't happen to you if you are somebody who is listening to this podcast. And by setting SMART goals this way, you can really set yourself up 
and be forward thinking is probably the word when it comes to financial decisions, financial goals, all of the things you hope to use your money as a tool to achieve. So now that we've gone through smart financial goal setting, I want to share a couple of my goals for 2023. And at this point in time, I'm not really saving up for anything like in particular, like I'm not planning to buy a house next year. Um, I'm not really planning to like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a boyfriend. Like I'm not planning to get married anytime soon. Like I'm not specifically saving for something at this point. So for me, a lot of my goals are like a little bit more arbitrary, but they're keeping in mind things in the future that I hope to accomplish. So first, maxing out my retirement accounts. This is sort of like a baseline goal. This doesn't really have anything to do with my specific life at this point in time, but I wanna reap the tax benefits of taking advantage of these um, like retirement accounts. A, I wanna be investing. So if I'm gonna be investing, it's gonna be a long-term time horizon and doing so in retirement accounts is where I'll get the most benefit from that. So this includes a traditional IRA and a solo 401k. And these are my biggest investing goals and I hope to max them out. So that's my goal. Obviously, this is very dependent on what my income looks like next year. So, you know, I did well this year. My, I don't know what my like income is gonna look like in 2023. Obviously, you know, fingers crossed, we're hoping to do the same or better, but that's just the nature of being self-employed. You kind of don't know. So this is a goal that's dependent on my income, but it's my first priority goal. So this is something that like I'll be dedicating the majority of my attention to up front at the beginning of the year. The next goal that I have is saving up $5,000 for traveling throughout the year. So right now in 2022, I'm putting around $500 a month into a high yield savings account for travel. I've been doing this for like three months or so. So I have a little bit of money saved already, but I'm gonna continue to do this throughout the course of 2023 and then I'm gonna pull from it when I book different trips. So next year I'm going to Montana for like a ski trip. I'm going to Big Sky with some friends and that's already planned and pretty much already paid for. So that's not really gonna come out of this specific like sinking fund or goal. I mean, maybe some of the stuff I do there will, but I also wanna do like, I'm gonna be traveling home a few times. So that usually costs me like three or 400 bucks for my flights. And then I wanna do a lot of like road trip style travel so you know if I can drive there within California or like the southwestern area of the country I just have lots of places I want to see and I don't really want to fly I'm kind of tired of flying so I'm going to be saving up around five thousand dollars next year and throughout the year I'm just going to pull from it to fund all of this different travel so this is around like I said five hundred dollars a month or so my last financial goal is related to my business. And this is a goal that like really has to do with my income. So in 2023, and I'd encourage you to be this way when it comes to your goals, like big overarching goals, maybe not specific goals that are like, I wanna max out my 401k, but I'm talking like big goals. So this is an example of that is in 2023, I wanna shoot super high and be like really delusional about the amount of money that I can make because I think that's something that is, when you're thinking about making money, so whether it's your business or a side hustle or you know asking for a salary, 
sometimes being delusional works in your favor because it sort of makes you feel like you can achieve something that you otherwise wouldn't have thought you could. So I want to double my business income for next year. That is the goal that I'm going to be writing down on paper. I'm not totally sure how I'm going to do that. Um, I have some ideas for like scaling, break your budget, scaling my products, you know, continuing with my social medias and stuff to advertise and get my name and my brand out there and have brand awareness so people will purchase my things. But beyond what it is right now, I want to figure out new ways and new revenue streams to bring in additional income. So I'm not going to share a specific number on here, A, because I don't know yet what my total amount for 2022 is going to be, but B, because I feel like this year, like if I'm thinking back to January, I had no idea that this year was going to go the way that it went, both with my business and quitting my job, but also just financially. Like I had an idea, like I did set the goal in January of this year to quit my job. I thought it was going to be more of like, an end of summer into fall situation and it ended up being more of like an early spring situation. Um, like I knew that was kind of on the docket. I didn't realize that like things would go so well. I didn't realize that, you know, certain opportunities would come across my plate. Like lots of really fun, exciting things happen. And so I wanna put that same energy out for next year that things could surprise me and new opportunities are around all the time. and. I want to be in a position to be ready for those things. So that's my last financial goal that at least I'm going to talk about in this podcast episode. I do and likely will have more, but I haven't set them yet fully. So what I like to do, and this is unrelated to this sort of, I guess sort of, but what I like to do is like during that week after Christmas before New Year's is I basically like put myself into a hole of like goal setting, goal planning setting myself up for the new year for my finances. Yes, but for everything else. And I'll share a lot of this on my stories and on my TikTok and stuff, but I basically will like theme out every day of that week and go all in on like planning, organizing, brainstorming, all the things. And I find it really therapeutic. It's like my favorite thing to do every year. I call it a think week where I'm still working, but like I'm spending intentional time thinking ahead for the year and setting all of those intentions and goals and whatnot. So I haven't gone through like the full process, I guess, at this point of setting all my specific financial goals, but these are some financial goals that I know I'm going to be setting. And then once we get to that point, just make sure you tune in to like my Instagram stories and stuff and my TikTok, because that's where I'll probably be sharing the rest of my financial goals. So with that, Let's get into the next section of this podcast, which is financial resolutions. Okay, so the second part of this episode is financial resolutions. And these are different than financial goals because they're more intention and behavior based than they are like super tactical and strategy based where financial goals are like obviously tactical and strategy based. I like to set both goals and intentions because it helps me frame up my approach to my money every year. And obviously like setting goals is such an important thing to do and you should do that. You know, I'm not going to talk about that anymore, but you do need to set financial goals, but setting intentions and resolutions can help guide your decision-making throughout the year beyond just like decisions you're making with your financial goals. Last year, my biggest financial resolution. So I'll use myself as the example here 
was to start saying yes to life. And I want to use this as an example to explain what financial resolutions are. Um, another thing too, just to know is like, I'm going to use the word resolution and intention interchangeably throughout this podcast. But like when I talk about that, they're the same thing. I just think both like people know what, like if I could speak, people know what resolutions are, but they don't always know like what a financial intention is. It's the same thing. Okay. When you set a new year's resolution, like you're setting an intention for something you want to do in the new year. So by setting the intention to say yes to life, I didn't fully know at the time what that would mean in reality because I can't predict the future. But when I did set it, you know, I had just moved to LA a couple of months beforehand. I was working my nine to five, but like break your budget was doing pretty well. So I was making some extra money every month. And I finally had what I felt like and still feel like a good group of friends. So I had like consistent plans. I always had stuff going on during the week after work and then also on the weekend. And I didn't want to feel constrained or that I couldn't do things just because of the money. So the intention I set was to follow my gut really like to say yes to life, but you know, within reason and say yes when I wanted to and no when I didn't. And I didn't want the price or the money being the driving factor behind that decision. So in the past, I would always let what things cost dissuade me from saying yes to something. And I used to turn down plans or trips because what it costs, the price tag associated with it, freaked me out. And, you know, that's something that I I regret and I don't regret at the same time. Like, do I wish I did more stuff, especially before the pandemic? Yeah, obviously. I think everybody sat for a year at home during the pandemic being like, damn, I wish I had gone on vacation last year. Like, we all kind of felt that same way. I don't regret it in the sense that I feel like all of those knows and all the things I didn't do put me in a position to be where I am today and I'm very very happy in my current situation but all of that being said I didn't want to do that anymore like I didn't want my decisions to be entirely based on the money I'm not in a position where I need to be that way and I'm also young and I feel like you know the first half of my 20s if I'm being completely honest and transparent here sucked I really was very, very deeply unhappy. I was unhappy at work. I was unhappy living in Boston. I was unhappy with my living situation. I was unhappy with my group of friends. Like I just never felt like I got into a groove. And now since I've moved here and made new friends and like put myself in a new environment and, you know, I'm working for myself and whatever, I do finally feel like I've found my own personal groove and I'm happy now. And because of that, like, going into this year and still now I wanted to make sure that I was able to participate in plans and trips without feeling all of the anxiety that came with spending the money to you know do those things because I feel like other people who make less money than me you know say yes to stuff and don't think twice about it and here I was you know in a financial situation that was positive being like "Mm, I don't want to because I don't want to spend the money. And I, I just didn't want to be that way anymore. And in order for me to do that, like it did require and still does require a lot of intentional work on myself, if that makes sense. Tactically, through the sense of like, I need to make sure that I'm making enough money to afford to do this and still save and reach the goals that I've set because that I feel like is the differentiator 
a lot of the time between me and other people around me is like, I say no to things because I prioritize my future and my goals, whereas a lot of people don't necessarily look at their day-to-day decisions with that perspective, I guess, which isn't a bad thing. It's just not what I do. And then also mentally in the sense that I needed to work on how I approached and behaved with my money in a way that was beneficial to me and not restrictive. Because like I spent so many years living in this very restrictive mindset when it came to money and I was unhappy and it wasn't doing me any favors. And so there was no way really for me to set this intention into like a smart goal. Theoretically, like could I put a number on like fun on a fun budget for sure? And like, could I set money aside every month for this? Like, yes. And I did. But I think the difference between a goal and an intention is that like the goal is you're working towards something. There's an end point. The intention is like, this is a new way that I'm going to be approaching how I use my money as a tool to live the life that I want to live. I couldn't predict per se what saying yes to stuff, like saying yes to life, I guess, was going to cost me because there's so many things that it could be. Like it could be going out to dinner with my friends or like a spontaneous trip or going on a vacation or a weekend away or something. And that's why it's an intention. Like the purpose behind it was to change the approach to my finances rather than like diligently plan out every scenario that my life could throw at me at every single point in time. So hopefully that like explains the clear difference, I guess, between intentions and resolutions versus goals. Like intentions or resolutions are behavior and approach, whereas goals are like more measurable and tactical. Both are really important and, you know, you want to find the right balance between the two. But I know that balance is like a really annoying word, but it in this instance, I feel like it makes the most sense. Like you do need to find a balance between setting goals and like reaching those goals and then also setting intentions around how is the money that you're earning and managing and spending this time managing going to add value to your life. And these intentions, just like your goals, can change year over year. Like I guess for me, when I think back to my earlier 20s too, like my intention during that time was to save and it was to be frugal. Like whereas other people's intention at that time maybe were a little bit different And, you know, I lived out that intention, but that intention has since changed and that's perfectly fine. And so the way that I approached my money when I was 22 is very different than the way that I approach my money now that I'm 27. So thinking about more financial resolutions, and I'm going to continue to use like some of my resolutions as the examples here. Another financial resolution that I set in 2022 and that I will carry over into 2023 Um, Just like the saying yes to life. I'm carrying that into 2023 and hopefully forever. But another one I set was quality over quantity when it came to purchases, any sort of purchase with my money. And this one is like, rather than buying a lot of stuff, I'm now making the intentional effort to choose higher quality items, even when it costs more. Sometimes the higher quality item isn't that much of a difference. But sometimes it is. And I'm really trying to be very thoughtful and intentional about curating a collection of things, whether they be clothes or furniture or whatever. Furniture, not quite just yet. I'll get to that in a moment. But like items, household items and stuff. 
I'm really trying to be intentional about curating like nice stuff, skincare, all the things that like add value into my life. From a housing standpoint or like furniture, I live in an apartment. I have a roommate. She has a cat. Like I don't, none of the furniture that's in our living space that we share is mine. And that's intentional again, because she has a cat. I don't want to have a pet in my home in the future. And so like, I'm not going to be buying furniture that like could get ruined in my current living situation. Um, so that being said, like the furniture that I've bought wasn't super nice. And even the furniture in my room, like it's fine, but it's not super high quality and it's not super high quality because I didn't know how long I was going to be living here for when I moved here. Like I moved to LA and I was like, I'll give this a year and if I don't like it, I'll go home. But now that I've lived here for a year, I'm like, okay, I really like it. All this stuff still works. Like I'm not going to get rid of it and buy new stuff. But when the time comes for me to buy new stuff, so like when I move out of this apartment, for example, which... Could be next year, could be in two years, I, I don't know. Um, when I move out of this apartment, that's when I'll make sure the furniture I'm buying is like higher quality and nice and like fits the vibe of the home that I wanna live in. But for the time being, like I mentioned, um, quality over quantity, I would say that more so applies to just like clothes really at this point, like jewelry, I like skincare, self-care items, that kind of stuff. So. Again, this is like an intention that's not necessarily definable because it spans so many different things. And it's really mostly just like the approach I take to my spending decisions. And when I think about it in this way, I'm thinking about like, how am I adding both tangible and intangible value into my life? How is this purchase gonna make me feel better? Is it gonna be something that like makes my skin better or my hair better, like makes me feel good in the way that I look? Or is it a luxurious item to add to my room or something like that? Or in the instance, this happened to me a few times this past fall, like paying the extra money for a flight that leaves at a reasonable time instead of taking the red eye unnecessarily or taking like a 5 a.m. flight. Um, like when I went to go visit my sister in Oregon, I originally had like a 6 a.m. flight on a Sunday morning. Like that sucks because then I can't do anything really on Saturday. And you know, a 6 a.m. flight means I'm getting up at three, like it's just annoying. So what I ended up doing was changing my flight to Tuesday. It made it more at a more reasonable time. And I paid money to do that. It cost me 50 bucks. Like I'm willing to spend that money on things like that. And that all sort of falls under this umbrella of quality over quantity and like paying a little bit more for convenience in certain aspects of my life, I guess. I think that like when you think about financial resolutions, like saying yes to life or quality over quantity, try to make them positive, okay? You don't wanna be thinking about like a negative viewpoint here. So instead of saying something like, I don't wanna spend money on unnecessary clothes, you would say something like, I wanna focus on intentional shopping to build a capsule wardrobe, or I wanna focus on buying higher quality items over having a large volume of clothes that I don't wear. Something like that. Because this keeps you from creating like the restriction approach around your money. And there is a time and place for adding restrictions and guidelines into your financial life. And it's usually when you're setting challenges for yourself or you're setting monthly goals or you're setting spending guidelines or something like that. But when you're setting annual intentions for your money, you wanna stay positive. So 
saying yes to life, participating in things, focusing on quality over quantity. Um, that way, you're not looking at your money as something of like, I can't spend this. And you're really looking at it as I'm going to use my money as a tool to live the best version of the life that I want to live right now and in the future. Another example of a financial resolution could be like setting the intention to increase your income or start a side hustle. So that's a really great example. It could be to focus your money on traveling or taking more trips. Think through what you want to accomplish over the next year or so of your life, not just financially, and then how can you align your money to it? So like if you wanted to start a side hustle, like start thinking about that or increase your income in general. Like it could be starting a side hustle. It could be getting a raise at work. It could be picking up a part-time job that's like aligned with something you're interested in. So something I had considered when I first moved here is I've always wanted to open up like my own coffee shop at some point in my life. How or when I'm going to do that, I'm not totally sure just yet. But I considered getting like a part-time job on the weekends in the mornings where I would work at a coffee shop and like learn about it and pick up some extra money, but like learn a skill. Ultimately, I didn't do that because I was so busy with break your budget stuff. But if I didn't have break your budget, that's something that I would have done. So think about those things. Like what are things in your life that you're interested in? And like, you know, how can you align what you're doing and your money with those things? Going back to the example about like saying yes to life, for me, my goal since I moved to LA has been to experience all that LA itself has to offer in California and like the lifestyle being in California in general because I feel like it's very distinct compared to the lifestyle literally anywhere else in the US. And you know, this was making friends, dating, traveling, going to different events and conferences and things like that. And in order to do all of those things, I needed to spend money and I needed to get comfortable spending that money. And so my intentions were aligned with that. I wanted to have a vibrant, a vibrant social life. I still want to have a vibrant social life. And so I need to be okay with spending the money to do the things that enable me to continue to make friends and nurture relationships and experience the life that comes along with that. And not all of these activities, so like being social, doesn't like they don't all require you to be spending money, but a lot of them do. And you won't ever at this point catch me turning down plans to save the extra hundred bucks. Like I'd so much rather say yes and go through this season of life where I'm in the place where I have these opportunities that when I, so when I get to a place where, you know, maybe I'm in a different phase of life that's a little bit quieter, I'm not looking back and regretting and being like, damn, I should have done all those things. So with that, I am going to wrap this episode up. Hopefully you liked it. This was a fun one for me. And I hope it was helpful for you when you're thinking about goals and resolutions. And I would love to hear one of yours for next year. So you can either send me a DM, pay attention to my Instagram. Cause again, once I'm, once we're at the end of the year, like I like to ask you guys what your goals are. I share them on my stories and stuff. So make sure you're tuning in for all of the end of year content. Don't forget you can get the PFD for $10 off using the code podcast one, and I will catch you in the next one.